Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Matthew 13 and 4, the words of Jesus. He said again, The kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure, hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth, and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Now as far as interpretation goes, I think he's speaking there about the nation of Israel. It is going to be hidden for a time, but there's going to be a coming time when they're going to be revealed. And Jerusalem and Israel will be the center of the world. Now look at verse 45. Parable number two. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man, seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And I think the Lord is speaking there of the other great company down through history, the company of believers that comprise the church for which He gave himself and blood and died. Now, I want to look at these two parables together and really by way of application. I've told you what I think is the interpretation, but we're going to apply these two parables in the gospel meeting tonight. Now, there was a 50-year-old man from New Jersey by the name of Stephen Marsh. Stephen had an aunt that died and his aunt left her old Bible and there was a note inside of it. It was an old family Bible. This is what the note said. It said, to my beloved Stephen Marsh, I bequeath my family Bible and all that it contains, along with the residue of my estate, after funeral expenses, and just and lawful debts are paid, and all the lingo that goes into a document like that. Well, he, he looked at the note, pulled it out, closed the Bible, and when everything was settled, Stephen got a few hundred dollars and the Bible. Now, that was a long time ago, so a few hundred dollars seemed to be a nice sum, and it lasted a a little while anyway. But soon, Stephen was without anything apart from the pension that he had, a small pension, and for more than 30 years, he lived in relative poverty. At the end of his life, he wanted to spend his final years with his son, and so he moved in with his son, and his son was helping him clean out all of the things in his little home, and they found this big trunk, 
up in the attic. Son got the trunk down and they opened it up to see what was in there. Creaked open and he pulled out this big Bible. It was covered in dust. Blew the dust off of it and his son said, well, what is this? He said, oh, that was Aunt So-and-So's Bible that she gave to me after she passed away. His son opened it up and started to flip through the pages. He stopped. He said, did you ever read this Bible? And he made some excuses. And he says, well, I never did quite find the time for it. He said, you never read the Bible. That's a shame. Because scattered throughout that Bible were thousands and thousands of dollars worth of banknotes that he could have cashed in. And he would have had so much more than just a few hundred. He could have had thousands and thousands. If he had just cracked the pages of that book, he could have been brought face to face with a real treasure. He never did. Now, I want to ask you, friend, do you crack the pages of this book, the Bible? Because you will find great treasures within it. And whether you're reading from Old Testament or New, you will find tremendous treasures that are in the Word of God. And I want to speak about the treasure that is the most valuable of them all tonight. Because if you could have this treasure, you'd never need anything else, nor would you want anything else. I want to ask a few questions uh, related to these parables and speak on this treasure. First of all, I want to ask this question, what is real treasure? What is a true treasure? A treasure that if you had tonight, it would leave you an heir to infinite riches. What is true treasure? I think it has to pass a few tests. And I think if you scan through the word of God, you'll understand what those tests are. One of the tests of a real treasure should be that it will pay off all of my debts. If, if somebody gave a sum of money to me and it paid off all of my debts, I'm going to tell you, I would call it a treasure. No more mortgage. It's gone. No more car debt. It's gone. School loans. All paid off. It would be nice to have something that would pay off all of my debts. God is offering to you a treasure that will actually pay off all of your debts. But now, not the kind of debts that you're thinking about. Not the financial debt, but the debt of your sin that you owe to God. The Bible says that our sin is like a debt that we owe to God. And he is recording every single one of our words, of our deeds, and of our thoughts, sinful thoughts. He's recording them, and they are a debt that we owe to God. And I often wonder, if we had to take a look at that book, that big journal that God is keeping of our life, what a tremendous sum we owe to our God. God is a holy God, and God's not going to let any sin into heaven. So you've got a big problem, because you and I have both sinned. And you don't need part of your debt taken care of. Because God is not going to let one sin into heaven. All of your debts must be paid. I want to tell you there's a way. And that way is by the Lord Jesus Christ. He was wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. The punishment for our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. And he can forgive you of all of your debts. The debt of your sin. That's a real treasure. Now, if it's going to be a real treasure as well, it's going to have to, I think it's going to have to satisfy all my desires, all my longings. Can you think of anything that does that? Now, we look in this world, in the kingdoms of this world, we look for things that are going to satisfy us. We try this. We try to have a nice career. And we have a family. And all of these things are wonderful. And we go after pleasure. And we go after entertainment. And we try to have a good time. We'll tamper with just about anything to find and obtain genuine satisfaction. But everything out there, it just leaves us so empty. I think you'll agree there are a lot of things in life that, that are wonderful. There are precious things. It's a precious thing to be, be loved by somebody, isn't it? 
To have somebody that loves you no matter what you do. And it's probably an even more precious thing to love somebody else no matter what they do. That's a wonderful thing. There are things like setting goals and obtaining them that are wonderful. Money coming in to pay the bills. These are all things that are they're fine and good, but they all leave us with this awful limitation that they each maybe will satisfy a little corner of my being here and there, but none of them, nor all of them put together, can really satisfy the longings of the soul. And you know that. In fact, the Bible teaches that in Ecclesiastes. You know what God says? He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. You know what that verse is saying? If you really love silver, silver still won't satisfy you. Listen, I don't want you to get the impression that you're more important than you think you are. We never want to do that in the gospel. But I do want to tell you this. No matter how small you may be, my friend, you are so great that should this whole created universe be yours, it would still be all too little to satisfy the longings of your soul. But God is offering in the gospel a treasure that will. It will pay off all of your debts. It will satisfy the deepest longings of your soul. And I'll tell you what else it will do. And true treasure must be able to do that. It will last. And it will last. And it will last. See, all the things that we go after in life, we might refer to them as treasures. But unless they will last and stand the test of time and the test of eternity, they can't be called treasures. So whether it's riches, well, I think it's it's very interesting that we have coins and they're round and they just roll. Because it's basically what happens to your money, isn't it? It just rolls away. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven, almost to never be seen again. Riches will never last, and you know that. It's one expense after the other, and the money just keeps going. Well, valuables, as precious as they may seem to be to you, even that carry sentimental value, they can be lost. I remember coming home from being away for about a week. I got a call from my sister. She was checking up on the house, and uh, she said, David, I'm in your house, and it's been broken into. I said, oh. I said, well, uh, what's missing? She started to go around and tell me all the things that she could think we're missing. Now, right away, you know, I'm the, what about the books? You know, I couldn't help but think about the books. As if a thief is going to come in and haul away heavy books. But I had to ask. I said, what about the books? And then she said, no, the books are here. But she said, but the computer's gone. And the, the four-in-one copier is gone. And started to list all of the things that had been stolen. I said, look under the couch. And she looked under the couch. And she says, there's nothing there. I said, I got the video camera. Now, that might not seem like much of a loss, but all the tapes of my daughter's first year were in that case. And if he could, whoever it was, if they could have just taken the tapes out and left, it would have been great. And we looked all in the backyard to try to find those tapes, but we couldn't find it. Now, valuables can be stolen. I didn't really care about all the other things. There are things that we treasure and are precious to it, but they can still be lost. And maybe it's your home. We were on our way back from a meeting, and right near the home where we were staying, we saw smoke going up. We got there and the flames were roaring and the smoke was going up and the firefighters were doing their best to try to put it out. There was a woman standing out front on the other side of the street. She was, you wouldn't have had to tell me at all who she was because she literally was collapsing in the arms of two firemen. And this is what she said. She said, everything I've ever worked for is in that house. Homes can be destroyed and valuables can be lost and money can go out the door. 
And even human love and affection can be crushed. You might be in love with someone. You might be married to someone. Even those relationships can be damaged and can be lost because of evil hearts. Is there a treasure then that will take away all my debts, that will satisfy all my longings, and that will last for all of eternity? I want to tell you, that's what the gospel message is all about. That's what we're presenting to you in the name of our God and in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is what He is offering you. Something that will last forever and forever. Something that once you have it will actually be intertwined with the very fibers of your being so that no matter what happens to you, you'll never be lost and you'll never lose it. If you have this treasure tonight, God will take all of your sins away. He will fit you for His presence forever. He will satisfy all the longings of your soul, like the psalmist said, and fill your hungry soul with goodness. And my friend, once you have it, you will never lose it. You know what it is? God's salvation. And it's not just a thing, it's a person. It's Jesus Christ. If you have Christ, my friend, you've got everything you could ever want and everything that you could ever need. And as we're preaching this message tonight, God is offering you this treasure that you cannot lose, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor any other creature can take away from you. It's Christ and the salvation that He brings. Can I ask you very plainly tonight, do you have Him? Do you have Christ as your Savior? Can you look back at a moment in your life when you received Him by faith? You put your trust in Him. For me, it was September the 11th. but It was 1981. 20 years before those towers came down. God was dealing in my life and caused me to see I was a lost sinner on my way to hell. And there was nothing I could do to save myself. But then I realized that's why Jesus died on the cross. That's why He hung there to save a sinner like me. Do you have this treasure? That's what the treasure is, Christ. Let me ask secondly and quickly, where is this treasure? Where is it? Now, I'm thinking about where it is in our stories. Where is this treasure? Now, in both of them, the treasure was actually concealed. It was hidden so that you couldn't see it. Originally, that pearl in the story would have been on the bottom of the ocean floor or the bottom of the sea floor, inside of a shell, and probably under quite a few layers of grime. And this Treasure in the field, in verse 44, was hidden in the ground somewhere. It was concealed. It was hidden from the eyes of those that are in the story. And you know something? That's the same thing about this message that we preach tonight. The treasure that we are preaching about, Christ Jesus, the salvation that he brings, it's hidden from your natural sight. You don't just see it. And what God would like to do would be to remove them all so that you can see it and so that then you can take it and then you can have it. I don't know about the particulars of this story, but I'm going to have to use my imagination for a little bit, if that's okay. I think this man in the first story, he probably knew his plot of land very well. And he maybe had walked across it and walked across it a hundred times. Don't know. But he never dreamed of the wealth that was just lying below the surface. I'm speaking to people tonight. You have absolutely no idea how great this treasure can be for you. May God, by his gracious spirit, Remove the layers tonight for you to see what's really important in life and for time and for eternity. Third question. How can this treasure be found? How can you find this? Now, in the stories, there's two different ways you can find it. The first story, I see that man that owns the property 
And he's got the treasure hidden somewhere, but he doesn't even know that it exists. And then this other man comes by, and maybe he's a a prospective buyer, and he, he just wants to check out the condition of the soil. He looks the area over and he says, hmm, it says $1,000. I wonder if it's worth it. I wonder if I can grow anything on this property. And maybe he's checking out the condition of the, the richness of the soil, gets a shovel out, puts it into the ground, and shovels away. Turns over a clod of dirt here, checks out the soil, looks pretty good. Now he goes over here and he puts the shovel in and thud. What was that? And he does it again and hears it again. There's something under the soil. And so he's digging away, and suddenly he's face-to-face with this little box. And he's digging around the box, and he pulls the box out, puts it down, opens it up, and it's treasure. He puts it down into the ground and covers it back up. I imagine it happening. Maybe it was just something that caught his eye. There was a stream on the property, and there was something that jumped out at him, flashing in the stream, and he reaches down, and he picks it up, and it's a diamond. I don't know. But one thing's for sure. He wasn't going over that property looking for treasure. Oh, I'm sure there's got to be some sort of treasure on this field. It's almost as if you could say that treasure was looking for him. And out it jumped and caught his attention. That's one way you can find it. You'll find out that it's looking for you. You know how many of us got saved? Found this treasure in Christ? Because the treasure was looking for us. Thank God, because we probably most of us weren't looking for him. I think about Saul. The great apostle. In Acts chapter 9, he's going with letters in his hand to arrest these people that are called Christians. And he's very vehement in what he's going to do and belligerent. And he's got one thing on his mind. And as he's making his way down to where they are, suddenly he finds himself in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not expecting it at all. And it seems that in a matter of a few minutes, Saul is bent down, bowed down before the Lord, and he's saved. And he has the treasure. It didn't seem like he was looking for the treasure. But the treasure was looking for him. And how many of us would even be here tonight if it were not for the fact that Christ was looking for us? He found us. That's one way you can find us. But I hope there's somebody here and you're like the other man who was looking for goodly pearls. He was seeking. Anybody here tonight and you're really looking for this? I tell you, you won't be far away. So there's two ways that the treasure can be found. Now, as I finish, I'm going to answer the last question. How can you get this treasure? How can you be saved? How can you have eternal life? How can you have all your debts paid off? How can you have all the longings of your soul satisfied? How can you get it? I'll tell you how. Because, first of all, finding it and getting it are two separate things. You can find something. Doesn't mean you'll get it. You could walk down the street tonight and suddenly something catches your eye. There it is, a $20 bill lying on the ground. You found a $20 bill, but you didn't get it yet. you got to stoop down and you got to take it. And there might be different ways where God deals in our life to bring us to see what's really valuable and to find the treasure and to look at it and to be brought face to face with it. But my friend, there might be two, two ways of finding and only one way of getting. Now in the two stories, they share this in common. The man that finds the treasure in the field, this is what he does. He digs it up. He can't believe his eyes. And then he puts it back into the ground. And I'm sure that he very casually walks back over to visit the man that owns the property. He says, yeah, is that property on such and such road still for sale? Yes, it's for sale. Thousand dollars? Thousand dollars, yes, that's the price. I'll take it. And now he has to weigh things up because he looks at his bank account and he doesn't have a thousand dollars. But you know what he decides? One way or the other, I'm going to make sure I get it. 
And so he goes home and he sells this and he sells the other thing. And this has to go and that has to go. And he gets all together. He gets rid of everything. He sells all that he has. And then he takes that money and he goes and he pays the sum and takes the field and he gets the treasure. The man in the next story is looking for pearls. And he's walking down the road and he sees this little tent set up and there's a man in there and he's selling pearls. And he says, do you have any pearls? He's always looking for good pearls. And he says, do you have any? And he reaches under the table and pulls it out and pushes a little velvet bag across the table. And he says, Take a look at that. And he takes the pearl out. And as many pearls as this man has in his possession and has seen, he has never seen anything like that. He says, how much is it? And he tells him the price. And he knows he doesn't have enough. But he says, I have to get it. It's more important for me to get this than anything else that I have. And so he goes home and he starts to sell and to liquidate his assets. This pearl will fetch this much. This small one will get that much. And the furniture goes and the farm goes and the fields go. It's all sold off. And he gathers it all together. Everything else is sold. He sells all that he had. Then he takes that big sum, goes back to the man, pays him the price. He takes that priceless possession in his hand. You know what they both did? They both came to the realization that if they're going to get this treasure, then nothing else is going to stop them. And everything else in their life, as important as it was, they would get rid of it. They sold all that they had in order to get this treasure. Now, please don't go home and sell your car and your house. And You know what I mean. You might see it here in the gospel meeting, that this is what's really important for you to have. You need Christ. But the only way you'll get it is if it's the most important thing for you to have. And I trust that it will be. Because then you can have this great treasure that will meet all of your needs, that will take all of your sins away, and that will last. Well, how about it? Is the Lord Jesus Christ this great treasure worth going in for? Would you be willing to put God's salvation first and foremost in your life in order to obtain this treasure? You need to. Not that salvation is something you work for or merit. It's a gift, a tremendous gift. But you will only receive this gift when you are willing to call a halt in your life and seek for it with all your heart. And do you know what you will find? You will find Christ ready and willing to save you, because he's seeking for you too. Repent. Turn from your sin and turn to Christ and receive God's unspeakable treasure. He'll be yours and you will be his for all eternity. We trust that you will even today. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening, 
And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.